Welcome to the newest episode of It's My Turn with Charlie Turner Thorne. I'm Charlie Turner Thorne, the head coach of Arizona State University women's basketball. I've been a head coach for 26 years, so I'm used to getting asked the hard questions. There's always a lot of pressure to win while developing the lives of our 18 to 22 year old women. The most challenging part of all this? Well, all of it. But now it's my turn to ask the questions while hopefully sharing a few nuggets of my own about leadership and building a winning culture. Bobby Hurley, you are on the hot seat. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you have truly done it all. You know, but three Final Fours, um, starting point guard, two national championship teams, tremendous point guard in the NBA, and now you know our incredible men's basketball coach at ASU. Um, obviously, you can't do all that without being an amazing leader. So I thought uh, we tend to talk about leadership on the on this podcast. So I was hoping you could just you know, just share with the listeners any any thoughts, ideas, nuggets you have in terms of what it you know what it takes to really be a successful well, leader. Well, great to be with you, Charlie. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, leading the household here, the Hurley household, uh, co-leadership with my wife Leslie, with uh, having all the kids back in the house. It's been crazy times and trying to adjust to uh, the new world here that we've been living in the last few weeks and. The, the variety of new ways that we communicate now, and uh, we were just sharing our thoughts on the Zoom whole thing. And I, I, I've never done a Zoom call until uh, until this everything that's happened the last uh, several weeks has has uh, made that a new option <laughs> yeah, in, I know. in our world. <laughs> um, certainly, trying to to keep the communication up even more with our players because you you don't get a chance to see them the way we normally would see them this time of year. It's been a challenge. Uh, as they would right. filter through the office, and, um, and maybe you know you would see them outside the weather up center, and so just being on the phone with them more, and just uh, you know, uh, and, and talking and seeing how they're doing, and making sure they're finishing up academically. But certainly, those are just some short-term things. Um, you know, overall, with 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 leadership, I think it uh, probably originated from you know watching my dad as uh, growing up in my household. My dad was. Uh, coached high school basketball in New Jersey for 48 years and uh, was really a uh, just grew up with the game seeing how he how uh, he helped shape you know kids lives and a lot of kids that have you know, difficult upbringings and uh, he you know was was a father figure a mentor and definitely a, a disciplinarian uh, in their lives uh, from a basketball standpoint and very successful. I think he, he had a, a winning percentage of around 9,900, so he was pretty, pretty strong uh, at the high school level. And so I was exposed to, to winning and seeing how uh, he was able to build relationships with his players, get his players to trust him, um, and certainly uh, compete. He was really a competitor. And so I've tried to implement a lot of the things I learned, you know, growing up and and then my experiences as a player, I think I was a self-made player, really uh, worked hard, understood the value of work ethic to become really good and um, kind of a guy. I think my leadership style as a player was 
guys would follow me because of how hard I played, how hard I competed, um, that I played to win, and those characteristics, I think. Uh, and, and I was kind of unselfish. I liked to pass as a point guard. I really got everyone involved, so everyone appreciated that. Um, so that, and then being around a guy like Coach K, who uh, had such a strong background in coaching and being at West Point and understanding, you know, what those leaders do and just seeing how he was able to connect with his players and get the most out of his players and really felt like he cared about you more than just the basketball component. And that always has carried over, you know, in, in terms of how I think about coaching our teams now at Arizona State. So I, I don't know if I've talked too long, so I might let you say something now. <laughs> no, that's that's all great stuff. And shame on anybody who's listening if they don't know what a legend your dad is. I mean, we, you know, of course, gave you your proper props, but I mean, your dad is amazing and an incredible leader. Which, and that's just a uh, just a ridiculous winning percentage. But you know, and doing it in an environment and a culture where he did have to be so much more than a coach. I did a coaching clinic with him way back in the day. And I, the best mm-hmm. part of the clinic was that he actually, after he spoke, sat down in the front row and listened to my clinic and kind of took notes. And I, I was so honored <laughs> because, you know, I had watched his documentary. I had, you know, I know his story and, and uh, just, you know, who, who he was as a, as a person and a coach. So um, clearly you are a chip off the old block, Bobby, and, and uh, appreciate that wisdom on coaching. So kind of along those lines and also, um, you know, clearly, thank you for, you know, I kind of jumped into things, but I'm, I'm glad your family is healthy and I'm sure it's got to be kind of fun to have everybody home. Um, I, at least I hope yeah, it's been it fun to have everybody home, but let's going back to your, uh, um, uh, family when you were home with your dad growing up in the Hurley household, imagine it was kind of competitive, um, especially with, you know, your brother, Dan and, well, we were kind of wondering if you had any fun, funny anecdotes or stories that would highlight the Hurley competitive spirit from back yeah, in the day. I'm and I don't know. <laughs> Where do you want me to start? I mean, it was um, just maybe one fun yeah, I mean, story. I, and I, you know. Yeah, I mean, I always immediately at a very young age understood what winning meant and, and when we didn't, what the household felt like. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah. times when I was really young and it didn't go our way for St. Anthony and, you know, everyone kind of dispersed and, and gave my dad a space um, to go through his processes. And, uh, you know, my brother Dan and I usually would, would hide out uh, in the basement for a period of time where, where we both uh, <laughs> shared a, a bedroom down uh, stairs. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you know, you, you and, and now going through it as a coach, I think my family might might feel the same way after after a game, a hard loss, just seeing the, the toll that that could take on you. Um, but that was, yeah. And then, you know, my dad, he got me involved in competitive sports really early, got me involved in, in track and field. And uh, I ran cross country, which uh, he was really big on. I think it later on down the line and, and my uh, development as a player was was critical in uh in how personal running in a race is when when you're competing and 
you know, all you're doing is running and chasing someone and, and how tough that is and how that builds, you know, some mental toughness. Um, so you know, we, we did that some and um, otherwise, yeah, there were, there were some interesting ones. There was a, a scrimmage game my junior year. And uh, this was after uh, Raleigh Massimino and Villanova had won the national championship in 1985. It was two years later. And, and there's Raleigh Massimino drove, drove from Philadelphia to, uh, to New Jersey to watch my team scrimmage. And uh, he brought his whole staff to the scrimmage. And it was a big deal for me seeing him. He just won a national championship. And uh, like the first couple of possessions of the scrimmage, I think I had a turnover. And then I had bad body language to the turnover. And I might have said something to the official. And, and he called the timeout. <laughs> my dad did it and kind of lit me up in, in the huddle and then didn't like my body language. And then uh, he sent me to the locker room. So <laughs> that one was, uh, so I guess coach Massimino uh, got to see me play for about three minutes. Uh, I drove two hours from Philadelphia. Um, so there were always things like that, that I think, Oh, you know, my dad really challenged right. me and it was a you know highly competitive environment, but did it in a way that, you know, he wanted the best, uh, best for me. Definitely. Well, and I think it worked out okay uh, going with Coach K. So, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, no, for, I mean, for, that, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, yeah. Choices yeah. you make in life are important, and I made a pretty good good choice there. Yeah, yeah, and so did they. Um, so, okay, well, just um, I know finishing up here, you've been at ASU for five years, um, leading our men's program, three straight 21 seasons. Um, you're going to go to your third straight NCAA tournament this year, first time in 60 years at ASU. So congratulations, you know, great job. We Thanks. both know how hard, hard that is, Bobby. Um, and, yeah. and, uh, tough that, you know, the seniors and, um, players didn't get to, to take advantage of the NCAA yeah. tournament, but, Definitely. but what can, what can fans look forward to heading into year six? I think that like you've done over your 20, was it 25 years, 24 years? Yeah. Going into 24th. Yeah. 24. I mean, you, you've yeah. been able to build and sustain a, a standard and a, and a culture and uh, an expectation uh, within a program. And I think that's what we've been able to transition to is uh, the climb is very difficult and, and, and we're, we're still, trying to climb and, and, and get better. But we have a foundation of kids that we bring in that I think represent the school uh, at a very high level that, that have great passion for playing, that, um, that you know, have personality and charisma to how they play. I think it's uh, a pretty exciting brand of basketball and just uh, exciting about, excited about our recruiting class and what we've been able, you know, to add to uh, – you know, a, a very strong roster already of, of older experienced guys that uh, are used to going to the tournament, like you touched on, uh, you know, winning 20 games and, uh, and competing for championships. So that's where we're, you know, we're pushing towards and we're hopeful that, that we'll continue to, to push to get to the top uh, of the conference and, uh, and have a chance to go, you know, make a deep run, you know, in the NCAA tournament. Hopefully that's, that's in our um, near future. I'd, just again, love. Uh, it's a real rewarding as a coach to have kids that that you want to coach so badly that you want to go to battle with, and because you you have a level of respect for 
how they compete, how they compete, how they work on their game, how they conduct themselves, you know, on and off the court. And uh, it's been it's been a real privilege to, you know, to be here and to see the progress we've been able to make. And this is this is more expectations. We've kind of uh, been the underdog, and we've snuck up on some people in the Pac-12 the last couple of years. And just the way things are shaping up, it doesn't look like that this year. And going to have a little more no, of a target I, on I us. Think so you're going to have a big target on it. your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, and it's got to be a bit of a mixed blessing that you're so great at developing your players that some of them, you know, kind of have these incredible pro opportunities. But I can speak as somebody, you know, we share our facility and I get to be around your guys a little bit and just say hi to them. And they are phenomenal. I mean, they are just you. great young men and they always, you know, always are just so personable. And um, um, so I'm just going to echo what you said, Bobby, because it's true. Yeah, and I, I mean, feel the same way about the, the kids when, when I feel the same exact way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I hope uh, we all hope that Leslie Cameron and Sydney and Bobby Jr. Um, are doing well and you guys are maybe enjoying a little bit of extra family time. I know we're, we're still really busy and I hope that your family back in New Jersey is, is healthy and safe. Bobby and, and, uh, you know, speaking for myself and the whole Sun Devil Nation, um, you know, thank you for all you've done and, and great luck. I mean, let's, let's keep it going. Both of us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. You got it. Let's do it. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah. And, and you yeah. say you and your family wish you all the safety and health and we'll get through this and hopefully before not too long, we'll be back at Weather Up Center to get going, gearing it up for next year. That, yeah, exactly. That sounds great. Thanks again, Bobby. Okay. Thanks, Charlie. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Yeah. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Well, today I think um, I'm just going to finish up um, building on Coach Hurley's incredible nuggets with leadership and just maybe try to add a a few thoughts of my own. Um, I read this quote the other day, in the past, jobs were about muscles, then they became about brains, and now they're more about heart. And that is something that I personally really relate to um, in the sense that I feel like I, I lead with my heart. You know, and, and sort of with our program, we, we really talk about and work on, and we're doing that right now, by the way. We're, you know, we're spending our time, the little bit of time we get on Zoom calls um, and everything, just, just building our culture and creating a culture where, you know, our players are going to feel safe and seen and heard and respected and, um, you know, where they really care about and have connection with each other. Um, and this is, you know, this is our job as leaders to really create um, the culture within our, whether it's our family, whether it's our community, within our professional um, jobs or, you know, other outside entities. It's so important for us as leaders to, you know, get out of the cheap seats, excuse me. (laughs) And uh, this is sort of an analogy taken from Brene Brown, but get out of the cheap seats and, and get into the arena 
you know, and get dirty and, and get your butt kicked a little bit and, you know, don't sit back and criticize, but just fight alongside of each other to, to you know, to be vulnerable and, and to build trust with your people and, and get the most out of them. You know, successful cultures um, are all about having strong, healthy relationships. Um, there was actually um, a study done at Google, a five-year study um, that looked at what, what are the most successful um, teams and by far the most successful teams were the teams that people felt safe and that they could take risk and be vulnerable in front of each other. So, um, you know, for all the leaders out there, just encourage you to keep building trust and, you know, developing that culture where you're empowering your people, you're having empathy, especially right now in this tough time. And, um, and, you know, just being, being really honest. You know, clear, being clear with people is, is much better than, you know, trying to make them feel good. So we like to say clear is kind and unclear is unkind. But um, anyway, just uh, wanted to give you a few thoughts today on leading your, your team, whoever that might be, and um, just continuing for all of us, I guess, to stick together um, in this really, really unprecedented time. To, uh, to get through this. There's been some amazing experiences by friends of mine, and um, I'll share one really quickly. And uh, I know we're probably out of time today, but we'll go a little bit longer because my mom was driving to her um, sister's house from Southern California to San Diego because her sister passed away and she had to clean out the house and her car overheated and broke down on the I-5 freeway. She got off the off-ramp, but the car locked up, and she's, uh, how old's my mom, 78? She's trying to push the car. It wouldn't go. A woman pulled her car over, ran over, told her to get in, put the car in neutral, helped her push it out of traffic on, onto a, onto near, near a curb. Um, and my mom was just incredibly grateful. The woman runs off, comes back, and gets coolant to put in my mom's car. Um, so that she could, you know, not be kind of stranded in East LA. And uh, my mom tried to give her money and the woman just said, Oh no, Oh no, baby, we, we, we got to stick together right now. And just, and left. And it was the most powerful thing. Let's stick together. Stay tuned. Go devs. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of it's my turn with Charlie Turner Thorne.